It's good to be in the house of God this morning, isn't it? And let me all wish you a happy, happy Christmas. Some of you may wonder, you know, yesterday was Christmas, it's gone, you know. But I want to tell you that Christmas is always, as we heard from Pastor Jimmy, if only Christ is born in our hearts. That's the condition. And that we have received him also in our heart. I remember as a young adult, when I was, uh, when I started working really, our youth group in Chennai were asked to put up a, um, a skit or a play in the All India Radio. And the theme was, Christmas is always. You know, though I was playing the lead role, at that time, though, I mean, as a believer, I still did not fully understand what it meant. But acting in that play made me think. And as I grew in my faith, I realized that Christmas is not a one-time event. Or it's something that happens once annually. And many people of the world, they enjoy Christmas. You know, they make merry. You know, they always use the word Merry Christmas. But I believe that for a believer, it's a joyous Christmas, not just a happy Christmas. It's more than that. So Christmas for the world is a calendar event. But for us believers, it is always. It goes beyond a date. It goes beyond human history. Because human history is limited by man. But God history is eternal. And Christmas was conceived even before the beginning of the world, before God created it. Because he knew exactly what was going to happen when human beings were created. What they were going to do. How they were going to fall out, you know, through disobedience. So, Christmas was planned even before the foundation of the world. And God made it possible so that we human beings can come to experience it and not treat it as an historical event, as many, many worldly people do. So as I said, for Christmas to be real in our lives, to be realistic, we not only treat it as God's event, but it is God's event for myself, for you and me. And then it is a matter of experiencing Christ's birth in our hearts by receiving him. Because that is what God wants every one of his creation, every one of the person he created to do. So that the life is not lost in this world. The life is going to be an everlasting one. That is God's purpose for each one of us. So that is something that we need to constantly reflect every year as we celebrate Christmas. There is a lot of merrymaking, which is fine, but it doesn't end there. It goes beyond. In fact, the reason for being happy is Jesus. Because 
we know that he was not only born as a child more than 2000 years ago in a small village called bethlehem but he is being born in our hearts every time every day in fact so that we keep that perspective not just as a christian not as a religious person but as someone whom christ has redeemed as someone who has a relationship with jesus christ that is very very important for a christian to recognize and realize on a christmas day so i want to turn to your person and say happy christmas christmas is always you want to do that hallelujah we thank god was for that now the other thing i want to go to this morning is yesterday was you know in a calendar event it was a christmas day and we all know what today what is today in human calendar or british calendar i would say yes someone said it boxing day yeah boxing day do we know most of you may know or you don't know that's that's fine and this it was created by british you know people some time ago but but, but but of course there are good intention it's not this boxing it is boxing gifts for the people who serve them or who serve them throughout the year you know those days they used to be called servants but we have to stop using that word servants it's good to use the word house help or helper okay to give them the dignity all right so those days those people who served these rich masters were appreciated through gifts in boxes so it, they were box full of gifts given by the masters to the people who helped them during the day and on that day they could go with those gifts to have a happy time together with their family and also have a holiday on that day all right so that that was how boxing day came and the essence of it is to appreciate or to thank the people who helped them which is a good thing but as christians i want to raise the question that how do we thank god or how or what we want to return to god you know in return for what he has done in our lives and to make it a general question i would say what is our response to what god has done through christ on christmas that is the question i want us to look at today now there are two verses you know as we go into looking at that reflecting on that question i want us to see what god in christ has done for us and i want to look at the two simple passages in the bible we all know that john 114 john 114 i read from the new king james version and i would encourage people to use that version which is current and uh, to also for us to have it 
you know, as a common book to read, Bible to read. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. The second one passage is John 3.16. We all know, we don't even have to read it, we can say it, where, you know, it is for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you for this wonderful, beautiful morning. This is the day that you have made for us, and we want to rejoice and be glad in it. More so because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your word. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have to teach us through your word. We commit the words that we have read, that you will bless them for us. That, Lord, we'll be blessed and we'll know more of Jesus Christ and who he is to us as our Lord and as our Savior. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, as I said, before we reflect on the question, how do we respond? I want to just say two things from these passages. There are only two things that Christ did for us. First, he came. That's number one. Number two, he just gave. These are simple statements or simple words, but they're heavily loaded, you know, in terms of language and so on. Because there are so many things that go into it. When you say he came, it was not as if one fine morning God dropped Jesus Christ on earth. No. As I said earlier, it was God's eternal plan for humanity. It was his plan for us. Because even as he created us, he knew what was going to happen to us. He knew that Jesus was needed. He knew that God had to become flesh and to dwell among us so that whoever, one of us or many of us, believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. That was the essence of God's plan. That was the essence of Christ coming to us, among us. So he came. Now, when we talk about coming, there are two aspects. You know, as we were reflecting on it, I was struggling with the thing. God becoming man. God is so big, so divine, so extraordinary. And here he is, a poor baby, a man like me. So I was struggling with it. Then the Holy Spirit kind of, you know, enlightened my heart and said that, there are two aspects in Christ's coming. One is the extraordinary aspect. The other one is ordinary aspect. You know, with God, everything is possible. You know, as we read in the Bible, thousand years is like a day for him. A day is like thousand years for him. You know, he can make everything happen. So, when we talk of Christ's coming, there are these two aspects of extraordinariness and also ordinariness. What do we mean by extraordinary? Now we read here, word became flesh. You know, the word 
in the original language means mind mind of god see mind is what determines a whole person you know a man is what he thinks you know in the psalms we read that one so mind is the one which governs everybody mind is the one which makes who you are so that kind of thing with god's mind which is not only eternal but superior and marvelous and unfathomable you know becoming word i mean flesh a human being is it not extraordinary i think that's something we need to think about when we think of christmas how come such a big god become a small child seemingly a helpless child that is an extraordinary thing and the divine becoming human the other one which we read in isaiah is the light you know the light shone in darkness you know there is no compatibility between light and darkness when the light comes the darkness has to go that is why when we were praying for the churches christian faith in india which is on the onslaught from the powers of darkness the lord told me it is my kingdom it is my rule and who can go against me who can go against my church which darkness can remove the light of christ from this world that is why i sent jesus christ to send the light and no darkness however strong it may be can remove the light of christ from the hearts of men and women hallelujah and no amount of force can remove the church of christ and the kingdom of god from this world because god cannot be fought with it's like kicking against a stone when people do that people don't realize it people are promoting a religion but ours is not a religion ours is a real true genuine relationship with god the eternal king and who can stop us from clinging on to that god who created us and we have a relationship with him so when people talk of kicking out of christianity they talk of a religion but we don't care about that because we are not religious people we don't have to be in a religion because that was not what god made god made the way and who was the way who is the way today jesus is the way and that's what we are doing as christians that's what we ought to be doing so whatever whatever amount of force and resistance and onslaught that may come on christians we have to keep to our faith whatever may they may say we can arm themselves to do away with this people that group of people and so on our arm is the prayer and nothing can defeat the power of prayer that god has given us as an instrument so because the god who gave us this was a mighty god and that mighty god became an ordinary being that is what christmas is about
Now the reason why, you know, why Jesus came also is, is important to look at. Here we find that in Corinthians chapter 2, verses 8, uh, sorry, chapter 8, verse 9, we read, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. You know, here we are not talking about material wealth at all, material richness at all. We are talking of the richness that is in God. That richness that God alone can give to a human being, even though you may be in poverty, even though you may be deprived of many things in life, but yet someone can be rich in God. That's the kind of richness we are talking about. You don't have to be rich to be happy. Let me tell you that. You can be rich, yet you can feel miserable. You can have depression. You know, many people have gone through that in this world, many rich people, you know. So, we are talking about that kind of God, you know, a rich God, rich in everything, including wealth, of course. He wants the whole universe. He wants you know, all the hills, you know, the, the gold and silver belongs to him. The thousand cattle on the hill belong to him. Such a God becoming an ordinary person is extraordinary. Now, what should be our response? You know, in one of the songs we sang that he picked me up, he turned me around, and he set my feet on solid ground. Isn't it wonderful? Now, I just want to ask you, how many of us who have been coming to church have been the same since the time we started coming? Even if you started attending yesterday and today you are coming for the second day, you might have been touched by something God alone could do in your heart to bring a change. Isn't it? So God is a God of change. God wants to turn us around as people who are born, as people who are born in sin, like David confesses, he wants to turn us around and set us, set our feet on solid ground, which is the ground he has for us, which is the ground which takes us to eternal life, which gives us the strength in our faith, in our resolution of our love for God, in all that we choose to do for God. Because human beings by nature are selfish. You have to take little children to see that one. We are all born with that selfishness, with that greed, to some extent. But it is God in Christ who has been sent in order to bring about that change in our heart. So God is all about bringing that change in our life. So when we keep changing, you know, the difficult situations may still persist. Corona is going to be there. Alright? Now, there are people who stop going to church. Even today, there are people I know who don't go to church because of fear. Of course, we have to be careful. We have to be discreet. We have to reason out things. But, that reasoning should not stop us who God wants us to be.
because god is ultimately our protector god is the one who keeps us safe so as it comes to doing things for god we'll still continue knowing fully well he goes with us he walks with us he takes care of us he protects us because he is the one who has saved us through the lord jesus christ so in that circumstances when that kind of change in our mindset comes in our lives that is a something that comes which the world cannot give it is the happiness it is the joy which christ alone can give in our hearts you know even before he was born you know his coming was predicted prophesied but also what it would bring to the people of israel you know the word joy and the word rejoice you know they go together all right so when christ is there in our lives there is no reason for us to have self pity there is no reason for us to be mourning about things that are not going well around us because we know that it has been like that ever since the world was created the moment man fell into sin the whole thing changed from that time up to this time there is both sin and there's deprivation there's darkness there is sickness there's death all these have become part of us and it is going to be like that until we go into eternal life so it is not the situation that we can change we can pray for god's purposes and plans to be fulfilled in our lives and in the life of the nation but when things go wrong when there is corona around us we can't be mourning about it all the time we can still rejoice that's what the song a beautiful christmas carol says oh come oh come emmanuel that is jesus christ and ransom captive israel now when we are in trouble we can seek god and his help ask him to intervene and take us out of that captivity which whatever may be the captivity you and i have several specific areas of captivity which you know i know and god knows but it is christ who has come in order to take us out release us from that captivity it could be a simple thing like self pity or it could be something like selfishness it could be something like lack of sensitivity to others you know there are so many things you you could be after something some bondages you know some habits it need not be a big sin but it could be even a small thing you know like i mean when pastor jemi said that we need to come to church in time now i've been a pastor i've said it so many times in our services because i believe not because i'm a pastor you know I, i let me tell you a story there's a time when we were in kenya as missionaries the president of kenya invited a group of asians in the christians and we were leaders among them and so we all went i saw the excitement of people you know we were to assemble at 9 o'clock to go to the president's house people were already there at 8 somewhere at 7:30 see you give so much importance so much respect to a human being how much more we should honor god yes god 
sees all those things. We don't do these things to please God, but out of our reverence for God. Because God is everything for us. All we have is His. All the blessings we receive are from Him. So, when it comes to God, where even things may seem bleak around us, we can still rejoice. And it goes on to say, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Right now, we are the Israel. We are the people of God. We are the people whom God has redeemed. So we have every t reason to rejoice. That's why you say Jesus is the reason for us to be happy during this season. So the first response we should have is to rejoice, which also means being thankful. You know, if you don't rejoice, you can't say thank you. When you're happy, oh, you gave me the nice gift. Thank you so much. You also go to hug the person. You know, it's an expression of thankfulness. So Christmas is the time we have to learn to be happy, not only on Christmas Day, or on the Boxing Day, or, you know, until the year ends, but throughout, in spite of all the things that are happening, and learn to be thankful for every good gift and blessing that we constantly receive from God. The second aspect is ordinary. The ordinariness in Christmas. See, he was born not in a palace. You know, even the three wise men, as wise as ever, went to King Herod's first to see if King was born. But God's plan are different. You know, he uses, God can use the simple to shame the wise. He can use the poor to shame the rich. It's that kind of God. But God chose to become ordinary through Jesus Christ. He was born in a manger. He was born as a son of a carpenter. Not only his father was simple. You know, if you look at his ancestry, he came from Ruth, who was collecting, you know, corns, you know, leftover corns from the field of Boaz. She was a simple woman. She lost her husband. And their son was Obed. Obed, and then Jesse came, then David came. So Jesus came from that family. But you can see, God, for God, those things don't matter. Ordinariness and extraordinariness. He has his plan perfectly laid out for each one of us, our church, our nation, and even for the whole world. So when it came to David, he was also a simple fellow. He was a shepherd boy, but he made him a king. All right? So I, I want us to look at this for ourselves. Some of us may think we are just ordinary people. What can we do? How can God use me? You know, there are questions. These are, these are questions that I faced as a young, young fellow. But one, one thing I can tell you, I can share my experience a little bit here. That I come from, you know, in fact, both my wife and myself, we come from Christian families. But at some point, our ancestors became believers. We come from a place called Sri Vaigundam. 
you know, I think it's Tunnel Valley side. And my forefathers were farmers. And my grandmother's father became the first believer. And you know what, what could have happened those days when someone became a... People were even killed. In somebody in my family, one of my grandmother's husband was killed because he became... He was poisoned to death because he became a Christian. Now, now we are here, comfortably seated, you know, worshipping without any fear. We thank God for that. So, my grandmother was born to a Christian convert. Okay? Or, in other words, someone was transformed to Christ. So, she lost her husband when my dad was three years old. and She was widowed. And she had no family support because the family threw them out. And all the way from there, they moved to Madurai, where my father was. And he lost, my dad lost her father as an engine driver during British time uh, because of malaria. So my grandmother became a widow at the age of about 23. All right. So they moved to Arkat, you know, Kadalur, where there were Danish missionaries who were at work. So she got drawn by her in-law's grandmother who asked her, come, come and do the Bible course. So she became a Bible woman after studying for three months. You know, run by, in the Bible college, run by the Danish missionaries. That was the start. You know, her story, her experience really inspired me. That's my testimony. That she used to go from village to village for 40, 45 years preaching the word. And she used to tell me the experiences, uh, the you know, opposition she had. Even children used to throw stones and sand at her and all that. Um, but God used her to bring many souls into kingdom. And as a young fellow, that, uh, that really touched my heart. And God put it as a seed into me. So through my education, doing BSc, MSc, and then becoming a lecturer and doing my doctorate and so on, my question was how God can use me the way he used my grandmother. That question was always, almost haunting me. So at one point, I didn't know how God was going to do it. To make the long story short, he made it possible in an extraordinary way, in the life of an ordinary person like me. Hallelujah. That's what God can do. If you think you are an ordinary person, there are people who are studying in the leadership course. See, somehow I have a question in, of the use of leadership. It says, in a way, it's a misused word also. See, I see the definition of leadership in the context of what Christ has done. To be a leader, you have to be a servant. That's what he has said. And he showed it when he washed the disciples' feet. That's how a leader should be. All right. So when you think that I'm going through this, of course, it's a wonderful choice you have made. And many of us make choices, you know, and we feel that probably that's not the best thing, you know. But I want to tell you, as long as you are sure you are in the Lord's plan, God can make the insignificant, ordinary thing into an extraordinary thing in your life. Hallelujah. That is the sort of God we have. 
that is the sort of god who sent christ to us so we have to be convinced we have to be sure that ordinary ordinariness is not insignificant before an extraordinary god he can make the ordinary an extraordinary thing to bless not only us but also many people through us and for us to experience that there is another thing which goes with ordinariness that is called humility you know ordinariness can be simplicity it can be simple but that alone is not enough it has to be intentional we have to be intentional in submitting ourselves so that god can make us the ordinary people into achieving his extraordinary plans and of course coming to look at the bible that's what happened to christ jesus we know the verses in philippians chapter 2 verse 8 to 11 pastor sam referred to it that day you know we know that verse it reads that and being found in the appearance of a man he humbled himself and became obedient humility involves obedient even death of the cross therefore that word therefore you know in the bible you have to take these things adjunctions things like the therefore but those things are very important in the bible you know because he obeyed even to the point of death on the cross therefore god raised him god raised him not to become a wealthy man or rich man god made him the savior of the world before whom you know all the tongues should confess and all the knees should bow down that's what god is more than able to do in our lives only if we don't despise our ordinariness only if we are willing to obey the lord jesus christ as he obeyed his father and the other thing the outcome so i talked of the response in our ordinariness that we should be willing to humble ourselves and the other one is not to keep what god has done in our lives you know testimonies are powerful the reason why i believe in giving testimonies because i have listened to the stories of so many people of what god has done in their lives they are very powerful you know and here we find that the disciple uh, the the shepherds when they went to see jesus christ they were first afraid when the angels appeared but then after the angels left them after singing the beautiful song glory to the god in the highest and so on they went come on let's go and see and they went and they came with haste see when he, you hear of something that's coming from god you don't take it lightly you try to get to that place anything which god does you must be zealous to take the benefit to be blessed by it so worldly things 
good jobs and you know all those things are good but we have to show the same zeal in fact more zeal towards the things of god that should be our response that's what happened to the shepherds but they didn't stop there they after they had seen him they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child okay they didn't stop with their good experience ah we have seen christ they didn't stop there they made it widely known now that is something of an important response that should come from a true believer you don't keep to yourself what the lord has done some people think that if i share it with them oh i'm kind of boasting myself you know i always say that i did my phd god made it happen then one day god led me into something else i chose to leave my job and go as a missionary it's not to boast myself my friends it is to tell people what god can do how god can bring about a change into some person that he is willing to step in according to how god leads him or her not to seek for his own you know enhancement in life that only god can do such change of mindset so that's why you know testimonies are important the reason why i'm saying this that these shepherds made widely known i want to throw this as a challenge that every one of us as we have received and as we continue to receive god's blessings are we going to hold it to ourselves you know the other day i remember pastor speaking about getting you know big and big spiritually spiritual fatness it's called you know spiritual fatness can also stifle you the way physical you know fatness can also choke you choke your heart because we are not meant to be like that i want to give a strong example of what christ did you know we all know the story of the fig tree he passed through the fig tree it was there but when he came back he had not borne any fruit it was still there but it was taking food from the ground getting all the sap through the roots it was getting bigger and greener and so on but no fruit what jesus did he cursed it and that was it it withered and died you know i am not posing a threat here but i'm telling a story a real story to make a point that we cannot hold the spiritual blessings we receive we have to share god's goodness we have to share god's doing in our life with those who are in need of listening to such stories both to encourage them and both to point them out to jesus christ who can do miracles in their lives that is where sharing the gospel comes people may think that you use gospel to convert people no see who can convert anyone excepting the lord holy spirit you cannot convert anyone you have no right to do that after all you need to change you need to be transformed all you can we can do is to share what god has done in our lives what christ has done in our lives what change 
he has brought about in our lives and that will reach out to another person so we are only our pointers we are only telling now that's the way to go and god does the rest of it and that's not a difficult thing you can do it in your workplace you can do it in your business you can do it with your neighbors you don't even have to preach it sometimes you know i've seen this happening uh, with pastors and we also do it during christmas that's a very good time to go and give the children a small gift and sometimes people ask questions first thing we have to pray for them always our hindu neighbors you know because it's only god who brings about a change but where god provides an opportunity we need to be open to it and take advantage of it and do something about it so that we don't reserve god's blessings for ourselves because god's blessing is for everyone who needs it who seeks for it especially when it comes you know uh, concerning everlasting life so like the shepherds simple shepherds who did whatever they could at the time we as wealthy believers who have received so much of god's blessings so much of guidance so much of comfort and strength in spite of all that is happening around us we should take the good news to the people around us who need it so that is the kind of response we can give so i'm going to stop here um and ask a question first of all this being christmas time christ came for each one of us and i'm sure most of us know what christmas is all about but the question is i don't want to take it for granted have we received him have we made a choice to take him into our hearts if so up to what level he is the christ who is born in our hearts that's the first question i want to ask you know there's a song it's a lyric i thought i'll just sing it in tamil it reads magane un nench enakku tharayo mocha vaalvai tharuven idu paarayo the lord is asking you son daughter won't you give your heart to me in other words won't you receive me in your heart in return i'll give you the life everlasting won't you see this and he goes on to say agathin asuttham ellam thudepene paava alukai neeki arul kodupene i'll cleanse all that is dirty in your heart and all the guilt of sin i'll clean and i'll you i'll give you that grace so that's a kind of sing, a song it's a beautiful song it's an old one old lyric i remember my grandparents my parents singing that i just want to sing that bit and then we'll go on to a time of prayer 
I'll also make another challenge that having received all the blessings from the Lord, where are we now? Are we just appropriating all the benefits and blessings for ourselves? Or are we also concerned the way God in Christ was concerned about each one of us? Are we concerned about those around us who need Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, the light of the world, that they may see their way into salvation? So I'm going to sing this one and we'll go into a time of prayer. Magane unnenjena kuttarayo Magane unnenjena kuttarayo Mochavarvai tharuvenidu parayo Mochavarvai unakku parayo You can join us, eh? join together and sing this one. Magane Unnenjenakutarayo Magane Unnenjenakutarayo Mochavar Vaitaru Parayo Mochavar Vaitaru Parayo Agatin Asuttam yallam thudai pene Agatin asuttam yallam thudai pene Pava alukai niki arul kodu pene Pava alukai niki arul kodu pene Magane unnenjenakutarayo Magane is at this time I just want to encourage anyone who feels a bit lost, a bit away from the Lord for various reasons. Those reasons may not be in your control, but the Lord may impress upon your heart through the Holy Spirit that Son, my son, my daughter, you ought to be coming closer to me. You have gone a bit too far away from me. If there are those who feel that way, as our eyes are closed, our, as our hearts are open to the Lord, you can just slip up your hand. I'm not compelling anyone. It's between us and our God who sees our hearts, who knows our needs, who has the power to strengthen us and put us where he wants us to be. So I'm just going to ask anyone who feels that way to slip up your hand wherever you are. Thank you. I guess there's someone there. The second challenge that God is posing every one of us, including myself, that having received abundant blessings from God through Christ, including the salvation, that we sometimes take it so lightly, are we passing on 
or seeking to pass on those blessings to others by sharing our life stories sharing a testimony sharing what god can do to those people who are in need if you are one who would like to do it more in the coming year and not to stay where you are just receiving god's blessings the way the fig tree was receiving all the sap from the ground if you want to do that lord i need your strength lord i need your way lord i need your opening of such doors for me to share just slip up your hand thank you thank you yeah we are going to pray for these two groups of people god sees your heart god has a plan for each one of us first of all god loves you as you are and he is more than willing to make a way for you to be the person to be the witness to be a channel of blessing in the lives of others and if you have gone a bit far away he's the one who can bring you back to where he wants you to be so that your life with him will continue on a strong bond and will lead you to eternal life for sure